So does anyone have any questions? Anything just like where are your shoes from? No, I'm joking. Anything. Um, <laughs> we're, not doing, we're not doing advertising on <laughs> no, this. We're not. We're not. <laughs> we made that one clear. Um, there's a mic there. Thank you. Thank you both. I wanted to ask about Shine Theory and how you and Anne came up with that as a concept and how that whole notion evolved. Um, How we came up with Shine Theory. Shine Theory is the, um, it's the operating principle of my friendship with Anne. It's also an amazing uh, lyric from The Killers, a band you might remember. Uh, where the, it's we would always tell each other especially when we were becoming new friends like I don't shine if you don't shine and it was really a way um, it was a way of reinforcing for each other that we we supported each other and that we would be there to really um, to help each other in in all of the ways um, that we needed and so the idea of it really is that Uh, you know society pushes so many messages to you about how catty women are and how competitive we are and like truly that has not it has not been a thing in my life that I believe was gendered I was like people are competitive in general but it's very convenient to say that young women who want things are catty and um, and the thing that was also like true both in my friendship with Anne and a lot of my friendships in my early 20s were that um, the women that I knew were the most supportive people in the world. And so it was it was interesting that you would watch a movie and like women are fighting and then you actually go to work and even women that you don't love um, actually like can help you do things. And so I think that it it truly for us just became a shorthand about um, about creating a horizontal kind of loyalty and creating a peer, uh, and creating a peer group that you work with. So it's not networking. It's not saying like, oh, I'm choosing my friends because they're going to be successful or whatever. It is saying like, this is the cohort that I'm in and I will do my best to help everyone to the best of my ability, like achieve all of their goals. And also realizing that, you know, um, that it's like when you look at the way that the pie is structured, they tell you it's always like a, there's only like a tiny sliver for, it's like woman goes right here, person of color goes right here. And that's the actual scam of heteropatriarchy. Like we get everything else and you're like a Highlander, it can only be one of you. So you guys have to duke it all out. And and that's such a reductive way of thinking. And, um, you know, and I have found in my career and in my life that when, instead of coming from a place of scarcity, I come from a place of abundance where I'm like, this is, I don't have to be the only like X, Y, Z here, that there's so much more opportunity and that there are so many people that I'm surrounded with that will help make that reality true for me. Mm-hmm. I love that. Do you ever, and this, I sound like a terrible person here, but do you ever have to dig quite deep to feel that sometimes when you're, you know, feeling jealous of someone or feeling threatened by someone or, you know, those natural human feelings that do crop up? You know, honestly, I like this is going to sound like a very um, oh, we can't say bad words here. We can. It's going to sound like a you know like not a cool thing um, to say. But I um, growing up like did not struggle a lot with envy or um, you know feeling that I, I I wanted something that somebody had or being jealous of them. And it's not because I was some sort of virtuous person. I think that for me it was truly like I just didn't think I deserved anything. And so even the idea of comparing myself with someone, I was like, wow, like what an incredible gift. Um, that is not, that's not something that I, I, that is truly not something that I struggled with. And so, you know, and I know that that's not true for everybody, but you know, I, the thing that has been the most useful for me whenever somebody has something that I want, instead of saying like, why does that person have that? 
is saying, how do I get that for myself? You know, and really reframing it because comparison is just like, it's very dumb. You don't know where you're coming from. You don't quite understand how, you know, like the whole scheme of things is coming together. And also I just find that it is so much more productive to channel those feelings into learning something instead of being frustrated at people who are just doing their best to exist as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. we need, oh, need so much more of that. Anyone else got a, another question? Yes, at the back there, thank you. Hey, um, one thing which I find really weird when you were talking about people being really, not critical, but observant of your ums and your likes and your hesitations, is that surely as podcasters, people listen to you because mm-hmm. there is a believability, a realness, a collection, which doesn't necessarily exist if you're a CNN news reader. Mm-hmm. And I wondered, those things which we sometimes think of as negatives, might be positives to people who think that's a real voice that I might have a conversation with. Given that you get such intense, kind of minute feedback, <laughs> what are some of the things that people say to you about your voices? I mean, content aside, like your voices and how you speak that they like. So before podcasting, I felt like everything I put out there was slightly fake because if it's a picture, I've edited it probably a little bit, or if it's writing, Like I wrote a memoir, like that's edited, that's not my diary. That's like some of the good bits and some of the bad bits, but like shaped. So I felt like for so long, I didn't feel very authentic actually online. Podcasting, when people say, I feel like I know you, like they do, because this is 100% me and I talk the way I talk. Uh, Like if this wasn't being recorded, I think we would have, I think we would have spoken in sort of the same way. That's what I really like is people, there's absolutely no filter. Um, I, and the way I've always done this podcast is I would love it if someone just felt like they were a fly on the wall and it happened to be recorded. Mm. And actually now I get into trouble with my friends because they're like, stop recording things. <laughs> and actually that's a criticism of podcasts now is like, do millennials just like sit around recording things? Um, yes, we do a bit maybe. But yeah, thank you. I, d- I do get a lot of negatives. People saying, oh, the one I got the other day was, hate to say this about a woman doing well for herself, but God, her voice is annoying. <laughs> cool. That's a weird backhanded compliment. What about you? I mean, I, I love that person saying that to you. On our show, we always joke that, um, you know, we talk, we constantly talk about periods on our show. So there are literally, the men don't hang around long enough to say, to tell us that they hate what we're talking about because we, we scare them with like the blood talk at first. Um, <laughs> And it's very self-selecting. I don't know, you know, I think that thing of um, I really know you cuts both ways because as much as I agree with you that the conversation is authentic and, you know, I'm like, I speak like this with everyone. And that's true, but I, you know, I think that it's also true that we edit a lot of our thoughts for, um, we edit a lot of our thoughts for radio and for the microphone. And I think that especially for me, because I do a show that is, it's so centered around friendship, like people definitely feel Um, you know they feel that they know us and what I always say is like no you just recognize that you have this kind of conversation with people in your life you actually you only know what I tell you about myself and it's actually very edited and so you know even though people feel that it's very brave to talk about your period or talk about your weight or talk about mental health I'm like no that's things that I've like resolved to give to the world that's fine but you don't actually know if I'm having a good day or a bad day you don't know Um, You know, like, you don't know the ins and outs of my actual interior life. And I think that's fine, too. Um, First of all, like, people do not pay you enough money to know everything about you. That's just true. Um, But, yeah, I always appreciate um, 
I always appreciate people who just hang in there with you for a long time. Like to me, that's the best compliment that that we ever get about our shows when people come back and they they will say an inside joke to us or they will, you know, because the show is really centered with like talking with my best friend. And so as far as I'm concerned, like everything that we have to say is important, <laughs> you know, and, and everything that she says is something that I want to hear. And it always makes me it like it's very heartening and it's also very humbling to realize that like for for five years now like people have been have just been hanging out with us Mm -hmm. and that they take a lot of that in their own um into their own spheres and they have you know i'm like we're not we're not doing anything new like we did not invent long distance friendship (laughs) people have actually been doing it for a long time but i think that um a thing that we do is center it as um, as a kind of relationship that is just as valid as a romantic relationship, it's just as valid as a parent-child bond. It is, it is like it is a way that you can really show the depth of your love with someone. And I think that, like the pe- I, I know that a lot of people who listen to our show, like that is one of the takeaways that they have, and that they are, they feel that they can connect with mm-hmm. the people in their lives more because we model it for them. Yeah, and it's an engaged listenership because you have to listen to an hour you're not it's not just a like it's not just a very you know it's you have real people who are very um attached to it it's so so nice um we've got time for a few like maybe two more questions i think there's one at the back there hi first of all thank you both so much that was um super interesting i could listen to you for another hour or two so (laughs) um I have two questions. One would be, um, what do you think about the acquisition of Gimlet and what it means for podcasting in general? And then also, what how, do you know how many men are listening to your podcast respectively, like in as a ratio? Um, and would you want to have more men listening that to your podcast? That is actually three questions, <laughs> um, which is very sneaky. Um, I have no thoughts about the acquisition. I, I am very happy for my friends who work there, and I think it's cool. I, you know, I don't think anything is materially changing. Um, but you know, maybe it, yeah. I like I don't know. It's not a thing that keeps me awake at night. It also seems like nothing is changing. I you know our show is <laughs> we just ran a survey, which also I love. Like we have thousands of people respond to our surveys, which always makes me very happy because it means that it's an actual real representative sample. Thank you. Um, <laughs> our show is like over like ninety percent women identifying people, so um, that also makes me intensely happy because it just you know a lot of women podcasters talk about the sexism that they receive. We receive none because they, I'm like they're clearly like they are not checking for us. I'm telling you, start with your period every time. It drives them away. Um, and yeah, that's uh, you don't have a lot smart to say there. Mine is like eighty percent women, twenty percent men. And actually, when I see men at my book events, like I'm really happy about that. I, I'm really, I really want to be speaking to everyone. So, yeah, I'm trying to actually skew it upwards a bit. Yeah, but can I ask you something? Mm. Do, you, do you think that it's that you are failing to attract a male listenership, or do you think that like men were just not going to listen to you anyway? Because when that's I... a good question, because I think it's a weird one. It's like male podcast is like just a neutral like everyone listens to the 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 podcast like men and women like it's just like there whereas if it's a women's podcast does that just mean it's for women I don't think it is I mean I don't think that it's just for women I agree with you and I also the the reason that like a question like that honestly like uh annoys me (laughs) I think like annoys the right word 
is, you know, I'm like, none of the stats like bear this out that men are just like, they're looking for podcasts to listen to, but there's not the right woman. You know, I was like, no, they're just not consuming. Men do not consume content that is made by women. That, uh, you know, there are many structural reasons for that. And so I, but that's also not a thing that keeps me awake at night. I was like, my, my show is not doing badly because my God, what, you know, like if the men listen to it, my God. Um, and and that's also that's also fine, but you know, it's like once a week at least I get an email from like some dude in in podcast who's like, oh my god, my girlfriend listens to you, and I just discovered you, and uh, I would like, can you tell me like other podcasts to listen to that are? And I was like, you can just Google is your friend. Mm-hmm. You can truly, yeah, you can truly look this up. There are, you know, I think that like a lot of podcast apps could do, um, they could do a better job at um, discoverability in general. Yes. But I, you know, I don't think that there's any amount of AI or tech or, you know, like you changing the colors of your book or any of that stuff that's going to change that. I think, you know, totally. And actually, there's a lot to unpick there. Like you were saying, you know, how embedded is, is the patriarchy in the sense of like, why do I feel happy when a grown man likes my book? Like, that's not a signal of success, but somewhere deep down, it's like, yay, a seal of approval. Yeah, I and that's feel that. ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think we've got time for one more, and then we have to wrap up over here. Thank you. Hi. Um, thank you both so much for doing this tonight. Uh, Amina, I've been listening to Call Your Girlfriend for years, and one of the most memorable things you've ever said... Oh, God. Is the, no, no, this is good. Is the, is the day that you called the Harvard Business Review a feminist Bible. Uh, I laughed it off at first, but I literally... You said it years ago, and I think about it, no joke, every week, because it's 100% true. So I'm wondering, uh, are there any other resources that we are completely missing out on that are also spooky <laughs> feminist Bibles? Because for whatever reason, the connotation is that it's not for us. Great Quote unquote, question. us being women, people who identify as women, women of color, et cetera. I mean, great that's question. amazing. Um, it really is. I read so much Harvard Business Review. It's great. Um, this is not an ad. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think uh, it's, I think that it's really easy to think that like women who, you know, are feminists, I'm saying it again, are like hate men. I'm like, I actually don't hate men at all. Some of my best friends are men. Some of my (laughs) best like brothers are men. Some of my best like, I love it. I think that like one way that I have found that the men in my life have actually like very good to me is that they are fully transparent with me about what makes them successful. And so... I, you know, I always ask my dude friends how much money they're making because I don't, you know, I'm like, I don't need to know what my girlfriends are making. I'm like, you're underpaid like me. That's not a, that's not the data point I need. Uh, But it's the same thing, you know, like, so I say this, I say this only to point to resources is that this is like truly, like if you want to engage the men in your life, like it's fine if they don't listen to your podcast, but they should be telling you what they're reading. If they're reading, they should be telling you like, you know, it's like, what's the thing that makes you the, like, what's the thing that, like, makes you tick? And I have found that, like, things like HBR or I'm reading the Wall Street Journal now, but that's because I want to know how rich people live. And it's very wild. Um, the Sunday magazine is incredible. Like, I'll give them that. But, you know, I just, I'm saying all of this to say that I don't think that there's, like, a magic answer to that resource. I think that you should look to some of the people in your life who you think 
are doing things that you want to be doing and ask them like, you know, it's like, what is your media diet? What is the thing that you know that I don't know? And I think that that cuts across, it cuts across like so many things. It's like, ask your rich friends, like who their accountant is. <laughs> ask your, you know, like ask your, ask your, I don't know, like ask your white friends about their secret money. Ask your dude friends about, you know, like what, what makes them feel that way. So all of this to say that I don't, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of like leadership media that's made all the time. And some of it is honestly like very bad. It's very, very bad. But I think that like learning how the game is played is something that's like probably will always, it'll like make you happy. Also, you don't need like 10 of those things. If you're reading HBR, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. Thank you for that question. Amazing. Thank you so much. I basically Thank started you. this podcast three years ago as an excuse to meet you one day. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's like happens. dream bigger, dream bigger, <laughs> please. Thank you for being you. God, that's cheesy. And thank you everyone for coming and spending this really special evening together on a Monday night in the yeah. wind and the rain. Like I, I am so grateful to everyone. So thank you again. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. Thank you. Thank you.